Hey guys, so welcome to the newly rebranded Shane Walsh podcast. So with the new name, we also have a new sponsor. So I have delighted to announce that I have signed up and I'm working with a company called Apex Fitness. So Apex produce and sell quality gym equipment and fitness equipment. They're founded in 2020 and are based in Ireland. So supporting Irish companies is a massive thing now, especially with what's happening. And they deliver their products both nationally and internationally and they work with a dedicated team of staff, affiliates, and influencers around. They have core beliefs of affordability, quick delivery, quality, and sustainability. So I wouldn't be partnering up with something I didn't really believe in and wouldn't really partner up with anything that I didn't truly use myself. So they have a, a wide range of products from the likes of running vests, resistance bands, glute bands, massage guns. They have so much equipment. They have water bottles as well. So if you're looking for something, for you for home workouts add to your gym workouts to make those runs a little bit more difficult or simply just for a water bottle these products are amazing so i'm also delighted that i have an affiliate link with these guys as well with apex fitness and i'm delighted that the if you use the, the affiliate code shane w10 so s-h-a-n-e-w-10 you will get 10 percent off of your order so guys that code again is shane w10 and i'm delighted to announce uh, the link and the affiliate with Apex Fitness. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today we're at episode 199, coming back up to the big 200, which I'm I'm super excited for. There's big changes happening with the podcast, it's big announcements to come through. Literally just off the phone um, with a meeting there for news on the podcast and stuff like that, which I'm really, really excited for and there's going to be changes with the podcast and i'm going to continue to do what i'm doing anyway it's just kind of being continuous and enjoying talking to amazing people who i feel could help people out there so thank you for your support again thank you for all your shares your reviews but keep we need to keep driving those and making sure to press that download button if you do not press the download button on any podcast the stats do not get hit and so it's really, really important that you do press that download button so today's guest is one of the probably the most knowledgeable people that are out there in the industry and puts out incredible information so andy morgan or at andy underscore ripbody on instagram is an author blogger online training intuition coach and he mainly kind of works with men and their physique is very very seriously and some of the results he's had he's helped over a thousand people at this stage he's sold over thirty thousand books and had his work translated into five different languages he's been coaching for over 10 years he has been also kind of has had a podcast he's written a book on dietary adjustments called the last red he's co-authored two nutrition and training textbooks uh, popular with fitness professionals and serious trainees called the muscle and strength pyramids and if you are if you are a pt or a coach or just generally want to find out about your training or all that kind of stuff please go and read the muscle and strength pyramids it's one of the books i constantly go back to as a resource i know we as coaches go back to it as well here uh, at, at shame Walsh fitness as well so it's really really important that you guys do that but andy is very very knowledgeable the content he puts out is very very simplified makes very very complicated things into very very simple form and one of the things we kind of talk about or a lot of things that we talk about are are the weekends potentially wiping out your weekday progress and how to kind of manage that the importance of free meals rather than kind of looking at it as a language of cheat meal and uh, the cut we talk about the top 10 tips for non-calorie counting methods for progress and what could be the difference for you the big statement of you are not metabolically damaged it's really, really important that you listen to that part if that's one of those things. Why supplements are the least important part of your plan and also why sleep deprivation may be ruining your diet. So there's lots of things there for you guys to kind of look at. There were so many other questions that I wanted to ask Andy, but it was just one of those things that we ended up going down a different road. If you are interested in working with Andy or just want to give him a follow, head over to Andy at Rips or at Andy underscore Ripbody on Instagram. And if you're a coach or PT, I highly recommend going over to follow him and get in the books that I mentioned already. So guys, I hope you enjoy the episode with Andy Morgan. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Thank um, you for having me on, Shane. No problem at all. It's a big honor because I know I've been following you for a very, very long time. And I know the, the two coaches that work for myself are very excited uh, to, to have you on as well. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit of a background behind yourself um, and what you do and uh, how you got into the whole field of kind of talking about training and nutrition. 
So I've been in the industry for 10 years now. I kind of got into it by accident. Um, I'm live in Tokyo, I used to live in Osaka and uh, I was teaching English and um, karate and Aikido were hobbies. I used to go down to the gym as well. I had some friends who I thought were being my Japanese friends who I felt were kind of being ripped off by the industry here, even more so than what the, the real shit state of the industry as it was 10 years ago because of the language barrier. So there was a real, real lack of information. So I, I decided I'd start a blog. I would write my thoughts in English and then get them translated into Japanese. And I wanted to help be um, just a source of good information for my friends so that when they Google searched around, let's say, HMB, whether that was actually going to get you jacked and shredded. Um, it wouldn't just be supplement marketing nonsense that would come up. There would actually be kind of a counterbalance to that. So that's how I got into the industry, just trying to help out some friends in the gym. I didn't have any um, professional qualifications in, and I've just self-studied um, from there. Some people, um, because I was writing in English as well, some people liked the English articles. The Japanese didn't um, pick up for a while. Um, Japanese articles didn't. They asked me if I did online coaching. Um, and then, you know, that gave me an idea to start coaching people online. I quit teaching English. I started doing online coaching full time. That's nutrition and training coaching over email. And I've been doing that the last 10 years. Um, and now I, I, I mean, it's been my full time um, gig now for nine and a half years. And I, um, I also make money from books and um, a video course that I have on the big three lifts, how to squat bench and deadlift. Um, but mainly what I try to do, what I try to be is just um, of service and to put out really good information um, and to give away um, more generously than I think most people are prepared to. Because my thinking is that even if the percentage of people that purchase from me is much lower than average in the industry because most people put their stuff behind a paywall, if the number, if the content is good, people want to share it. So the overall number of people that will be looking at the stuff will be high and I'll win. Um, so for every, say, 10,000 people that look at the website, I might get one online coaching client or for every 1,000 people who come to the website, Maybe one of them buys a book. doesn't matter. Happy days means I've got to help out a lot of people. That's kind of been my approach. And that generous approach has served me well. Um, yeah. Do you think that PTs, nutritionists, or people in the industry are afraid to give out the free information? They feel that they've kind of like put so much money into their research, into their education, or you'd hope they would anyway. Um, do you feel that they're, they're afraid to put that information out when they're only looking for a client at the end of the day? I, I don't know. That's very difficult for me to judge because I, I don't have that many PT friends, plus the PT friends that I do have, they live in Japan. Um, and those ones, they tend to tweet about stuff. Um, but they haven't really got a, a website or a blog um, where they've kind of got a home for the information that they put out okay so the social media is is quite um also a transitory um temporary um whereas a website which is what i've worked on primarily i do have an instagram account um andy underscore rip body if that's of interest um but that's kind of the tip of the iceberg really um most people know me through the website um Do I think personal trainers are afraid to put out information? Well, the, the, the way I see it is, is this, and this is the reason that I started blogging in the first place. I was thinking I was going to quit teaching English and be a personal trainer in Osaka where I was living at the time. And the way that I would differentiate myself and be able to charge a little bit more was the fact that, number one, I was a foreigner. Number two, I could speak English and Japanese, and some people like that, so I could mix a bit of English in with my personal training lessons. 
Um, and number three, I had access to superior information purely through the fact that I had access to the English language content around the world. Because, you know, science, the language of science, it's all published in English. And so that creates in other um, countries, um, other languages barriers, right, to entry. We're very, very fortunate. Um, and my feeling was that, okay, I could be a personal trainer, but how am I going to get people to understand what I'm about so that by the time they meet me, they're already sold, right? So I thought, well, if I just put it on a blog and then I can just say, if someone says, oh, I've heard that you're doing this, I might be interested. I'm like, great, go here to, it was, I think it was fat2ripped.jp or something, dot wordpress.jp or something at the start. It was terrible. It's now ripbody.com, which <laughs> you can argue that's terrible as well, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, so now I just, I, the idea was, sure, go to ripbody.com, have a look. If we're on the same page about things, cool. Um, yeah, get in touch. Um, but if you don't have something like that, how are people going to be able to differentiate you from someone else? Yeah. And also... If you don't have a home base where you've got your thoughts on different things, you might end up in awkward situations where you're having conversations with people who, unfortunately, have swallowed a bit too much BS and they're not going to come around to your way of thinking at any time soon, right? Let's say they're like, they're well into like the keto carnivore sphere of things right now, right? They've just been completely smashed and they're in a, an echo chamber of not total nonsense. Like they're not going to be able to come to you and be a good client. Okay. In this case, we're talking about training, but I'm kind of thinking about nutrition here. But um, if you can have something out there on the web, that puts out what you do, what you're about, that serves as a great filter. It attracts those that are into what you've got. And it, 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 can we swear? You can kind of swear <laughs> away. <laughs> it F's off the, uh, I don't know if anyone's got kids in the car. So it, it, it gets rid of those who are just not a fit anyway, right? It gets rid of the painful people. I like to say, yeah. No, so I think you, you can be generous because the more generous you are, when it comes to online stuff, you're touching people, you're affecting people's lives without actually having to give any time. Yeah. No, I love that because I think I heard an interview recently with Jordan Syatt and he was talking about like how he started like yourself with the, the website. He has the podcast and that's the bit he enjoys the most, but it's also the most solid foundations. Like if Instagram or social media went down tomorrow, he'd still have the website. He'd still have like, he started writing out on information out on powerlifting and that's how he got his first clients. And yeah. then that transition to the clients that he wanted to potentially work with and help more that way. And it just allows you to filter out and have your opinion on something rather than just putting up a generic post, like here's a calorie deficit and then having no other opinion on something and people can buy into you because that's the most important thing is the relationship between you and your client. Um, and how you verbalize things because people could lash onto one sentence and then Mary down the road could lash onto something else and three, four posts later. So that, I think it's hugely important. One of the things I think a lot of people do struggle with is um, with weekends. Weekends seem to be a massive thing for a lot of people in the way that kind of like they derail people uh, or can derail people. Uh, you have an amazing, you did an amazing post a little while ago on how weekends are potentially wiping out weekday progress. Can you kind of, do you have a few tips on how to kind of tweak this and tweak that mentality for for people? Sure. So if we back up for a second, um, let's say that you, you're looking to lose fat um, and you want to lose um, half a kilo a week, I say is the rate that you're targeting. Um, and to get that, you need roughly 500, cal 550, 500 calories uh, of a deficit 
uh, an energy deficit per day. Um, so if you eat 500 calories less than your body needs, you force your body then to fuel itself off of something that it already has. And if you're training and you're eating a sufficient amount of protein, then instead of your body cannibalizing muscle, it will start burning off body fat. Um, so what typically happens is people are very good during the week and then they screw up on the weekend. So let's say that they've had their perfect 500 calorie deficit from Monday to Friday. On Saturday and Sunday, if they were to go over their um, maintenance calories by um, 1,250, well then they've just wiped out the 2,500 calorie deficit that they created in the rest of the week. Um, and so they end up making no progress, unfortunately. So that's what happens. Um, now they might have been sold on the idea of cheat meals, um, which I don't like to think of. I don't like to recommend cheat meals because someone can easily want down 2000 calories in a cheat meal if they want, if they've got, you know, the right combination of like a very delicious oversized cheesecake at the end of a fairly fatty um, uh, main, right? And perhaps a starter as well, and then suck down three large vodka. I mean, now we're talking like two and a half, 3,000 calories even, like big gin tonics, right? Um, can very quickly add up. So I don't like to... Um, get people to think about cheat meals. I like to get people to think about free meals. So let's say that you are, you've got your calorie budget, you've made your meals that fit roughly your protein, carb, and fat targets. You don't even have to go that far. But let's say that you know your calorie budget and you've got, um, let's say, six meals that you eat regularly and you rotate through throughout the week. Um, instead of saying, okay, Saturday night, I'm going to have a cheat meal, which is a free-for-all, or Saturday is going to be a free-for-all, you could say instead to yourself, all right, well, Saturday, instead of trying to eat one of my meals, I'm just going to eat or drink whatever I want, but keep to my calorie budget of 2,000 calories, for example. And this way you get to put in the foods that you might have been craving during the week while still keeping to your calorie deficit or perhaps maintenance at that level if you've been dieting a while yeah i think the, the important thing that you kind of said there was in relation to kind of removing that kind of negative language towards food in relation to like the, the word cheat meal or sin from certain fucking certain slimming clubs um but it's important to say to yourself, like the weekend can't derail you unless you allow it. And I think it's important to like, not to like bank calories either. I think that's also a negative mindset to be in for most people. Yeah. There's, I typically, the way I set things up with clients that my clients, they, they, they're people who have been training for quite a while. Yeah. They're looking after their calories and macros have already been doing that typically and they want me to kind of dial things in for them they nothing that i say ever surprises them pretty much and they just want me there to kind of give the okay be on the ball with the data be making adjustments when is necessary to get them you know make sure they're staying on course just to take that decision fatigue out of their hands um but even with these people, it still can be trouble at the weekends. And, you know, you can try to think of strategies to um, cope with this where, let's say, instead of having a 500-calorie deficit each day, weekends included, you could go with a 750-calorie deficit on your Monday to Friday and then you bank that five times 250 calories extra for your weekend. So then you, you ha are able to have an extra 625, did I do the math there correctly, calories on your Saturday and Sunday. Now, that's not, going to, that's not um, the liberating 
like, yeah, cheat day um, that people want. Um, but you know, this is dieting. What actually you want more is progress. Yeah. Um, so you can do that, but when you start playing games, uh, like that, that, that is super legit. You can absolutely do that. But yeah. when you start playing games with your intake, so that could be 1500 calories Monday to Friday and then 2,125 on your Saturday and Sunday, for example, as soon as you kind of feed that into someone's mind, they can then start thinking, well, okay, you know what? If I just have this, you know, beer, which ends up being three or four, and then maybe a gin tonic. Um, not sorry, I'm judging people by my own standards here. Um, let's say someone's like, should I have this beer? Well, they can think, yeah, I'll have it because it's only 200 calories and I can make that up the next day then. And then if you're not careful, you can get yourself in these these splurge starve cycles. I don't want to say yeah. binge starve, but like splurge restrict um, and not starve, but restrict splurge restrict, which then then can become like binge starve, binge starve cycles. And that's, that's, that's not a good place to be here um, mentally. And it's not a good place for your recovery either. So what actually most people who really struggle with this, and I mean, they've been trying for a while now, need to do is take a step back and look at how their social lives are and see if their social life revolves around eating and drinking with their mates. And unfortunately, if that is the case, and I'm not saying that this is wrong, I'm not saying, so trying to suggest this isn't fun. But if that is the case and you are, I want to avoid labels here. You are at a point where the level of body fat that you carry is threatening to your health. You probably need to consider either seeing those mates less or making different sets of mates and definitely trying to find friends in other activities that take you away from the, all of your relaxation time being sitting in a pub, eating, drinking, having a laugh, watching a football game. Again, I'm not saying that's not fun, but if you were to have a bunch of friends that say go rock climbing or hiking yeah. or mountain biking or whatever, um, you're not going to be stuffing your face while you're doing that. And it's going to tend to be a healthier crowd. And if you are in a position where it's, it's your, your weight is a threat to your health, then that should really be a priority. And the reason I say that is because if you try to just exercise self-restraint, but still see your friends who are always at the pub, it's going to be very very difficult I think, and I don't have a simple answer there no but I think it is important that you do have say your mates that you kind of have your meals out with and drink with then you also could have like join a club for like going to the gym or join powerlifting or go cycling with mates or go hiking with mates have walking mates it's important to have different clusters of people that have similar interests to yourself it doesn't always have to be drink, 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 eat, eat, eat. And if that's your thing and that's your, that's your, that's cool. We're not saying that's not the case, but it is important that if you are trying to do this for your overall health, it may mean that you need to find other avenues or other clusters in the way. That's probably basically what you're saying in a roundabout way. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you could, um, I don't know, Japan's very much an eating, drinking, like a, dine and talk business kind of um yeah kind of place um so if but you could be a bit difficult here culturally honestly especially with the working hours but i know that with a with my american friends i'm not sure what it's like in the uk now i'm not sure what it's like in ireland but i imagine it's it's getting more popular um 
people are into the fitness, they're smoking less and drinking less on average. Inviting someone instead of going out, let's say, let's go out for a drink. So I say, I'm going to be at the gym at seven tomorrow. You want to join me there? We'll have a chat, we'll work out. Yeah. Now, that 10, 20 years ago would have been weird. It's not, it's not anymore if you're into the same thing. And like, if they value your time and company, and also they respect that, like, you're, you know, you work hard in the gym, like, they, they might want to come along. Um, or you could go for a walking meeting or, you know what I mean? Just just try and think of alternatives or golf, but without that eight points, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, not the 19th hole, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, well, like, I think that's one thing that's definitely come out of the, the restrictions here is like restaurants, bars, like coffee shops were open, but they were like, it was just a hatch. I think that's what one people, people have realized is they can have like, they can go on dates for a coffee and a walk. They can go and see people for a coffee and a walk. So I think that's potentially one thing that's positive outcome out of this weird time is that, that people have potentially realized that. It's just now with things open and back up, will they go back into old things straight away and drop the things that are potentially working for their health? And that's the big thing that people need to kind of like a caveat to watch out for on, on that side of things. You've mentioned kind of like the the calorie count, calorie calculators. You've mentioned the the, the number of five fifty rather than five hundred. Uh, that's a rabbit hole um, for a very different episode. <laughs> but like, what other methods? Because some people can get like transfixed on a certain calorie calculator. My Fitness Pal is the main one that people use. There are other ones out there. But what are the other methods for tracking calories that can be used? And what would your advice to most people be when they actually start off when this, when they kind of, you start using it? Or when they're using the calorie calculator or before they even decide to count? All of this. Yeah. I know there's two, two or three different scenarios in there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think, um, in fact, I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to reference my own article. <laughs> before hyphen you hyphen count. Right. Ripbody.com before you count. I don't want to miss any of these. So effectively, I've written an article that's about what I call the the 10 big impact wins that people can have. Um, Because what I don't want is for someone to like my work, like my website, to come to me for coaching and for them to think that they have to count calories and macros in order to be successful. Yeah. Because the vast majority of of average people right i work with like nutters really like like the people that are listening to your podcast no offense like we we're all just we're a little bit weird because like we're thinking to sit down now for like 40 50 minutes to to listen to people talking about this stuff we're we're already a little bit nerdy right the average person should the average person be be counting calories i'd argue not because there are other big wins that they can like take out first and so i kind of wrote this with these people in mind because sometimes i'll meet people and they're oh oh by the way andy does nutrition i'm like shit shit Shit, he introduced me as a nutrition person. Damn it. Because I always introduce myself as someone who has a company that translates um, nutrition and training information to help personal trainers in Japan. No one ever follows up with something like that. But as soon as you introduce as a nutrition like that, oh, I heard about like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, intermittent fasting for certain hours based on your zodiac sign. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, so, so. If someone's interested, say, great, go away and read this because you probably don't need me. And I genuinely mean you probably don't need me. So first one, I've already talked about it, cut down the alcohol. Second one, stop drinking your calories. So if you're drinking diet so if you're drinking sodas or fruit juices or I don't know, frappuccinos, um, then just go with a regular coffee and with just a splash of milk and some um stevia. Um it's not gonna kill you. Um, or diet sodas, or God forbid, water. You can wipe out some calories there. Um, eat more vegetables; they will keep you fuller for longer and be good for um, well, helping sure against micro micronutrient deficiencies. Can be protective for health. Um, good for fiber for your gut, etc. Um, stop snacking. Just stop. Stop it. Um, 
you could go with some Invisalign braces if you really want to stop snacking and fix your teeth um, at the same time. It'll cost you a packet, but then you you really realize how much you, you'd have to really want to snack to actually take your Invisalign out, snack, then go back and brush your teeth and then put your Invisalign back in again. Um, number six, big one, manage your food environment so that you don't have to rely on willpower alone. So what I mean by that is um, setting your house up so that the good stuff, the stuff you want to eat is out in the open. So you've got a fruit bowl out in the open, easy to reach in a counter. Snacks, if you have to have them in your house at all, let's say you've got kids, we'll put them in the cupboard, back of a cupboard, out of eye line, preferably down below or high. Um, the fridge, if you don't have what you need to cook to be on target for your goals in the fridge, well, then it's so much easier for you to order Uber Eats. But if the food is actually there and it's going to go off if you don't eat it, then you're more incentivized to just cook what you got, right? And that comes down to planning. So then, you know, it comes down to actually writing on a, well, I mean, I guess you don't actually have to put it on paper. I like to. Um, just your shopping list and think about that before you start your week every week. And you can even automate that online um, and just try and think about, you know, lean proteins and veg with every meal. Um, if you have a habit of snacking, like, sorry, having something sweet after each meal, if you could break that habit, that would probably do you really, really well because you don't actually need something after a meal, but some people tend to be in that habit of needing something sweet. Like after tea or coffee, getting the biscuit or something like that. With it. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one thing I like if I do really have a craving, um, uh, an inch of milk in um, skim milk in a um, mug, mix in one scoop of chocolate whey, uh, mix that up in a spoon, put that in the microwave for about 40 seconds. It turns, you've got to stop it just when it's still a bit runny and it turns into like a little chocolate cake. Amazing. Um, like a mug cake that's pretty tasty. Um, chew your food, try and eat a little slower. Try not to be dis distracted when you're eating. Um, and then stop letting restaurants dictate how many calories you eat. So let's say that you order something You've tried your best ordering on the menu um, to choose something sensible, but it's still fucking massive, right? Um, you don't have to eat it. You, like, it doesn't benefit starving children in Africa or the homeless guy down the street for you to eat more than you need and be ruining your health and or fitness fat loss goals, right? There is... No one is harmed by you leaving some food on your plate. That will signal back to the kitchen that their portions are perhaps too large, which can then go into doing something productive with that. But this whole, you know, I don't know if your mum was the same, but if I didn't eat my, my lunch, um, especially Sunday lunch, like that would then be my dinner, which would then be like my Monday breakfast, right? Yeah. Um, you know, had to eat everything on the plate. We're adults now. That's not the case. So don't be afraid to leave stuff on your plate if you've got too much. That does require some willpower, but you can look at it when it comes and decide before you start eating what you're going to leave if you think there's too much. Um, eat at home more often. And then lastly, avoid the all or nothing mentality. So if, let's say, you screw up your lunch, it's okay just get back on track for dinner just because you know some people they can find that they couldn't eat what they wanted at lunch they're like oh well today's a write-off it's like no your body doesn't recognize you know your metabolism doesn't recognize days like that um just get back on track i'd say of of clients successful clients the ones that can avoid this all or nothing mindset yeah. are the ones that are long-term successful because you're going to get injured you're going to get sick um you're you know, shit's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, just do what you can when you can. So, again, that's rootbody.com slash before hyphen you hyphen count. That's a list. Work your way through that. You might find that you have a good deal of success with fat loss, if that's what you're after, just by following, working your way through that list. And then if you get to a point where 
you're not making any further progress, then you can move towards thinking about calories and, and, and macros, macros being protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Um, so let's say that you are working with people, right? You could get them to work through that list. You could agree on, say, four things that you're going to work on on that list. And then at the end, you could get them to have almost like a, a calendar with checkboxes for each day. And they get to check on their calendar that they have on their wall. Okay, did you drink? Did you manage to avoid alcohol today? Yes or no? And if it's a yes, then they do a big green tick and they get that big delightful green tick on their day on the calendar that they've got on the wall and then you know do they get to tick all of them or do they have to write a big fat x and that can then help keep them accountable and then you can review that with them they could send you a photo of that or something um just an idea that came to mind that's no, like the jerry seinfeld was the same he went there when he's creating a day of jokes when he's writing he does a link thing for instead of procrastinating he kind of has like his whole calendar month out and each day that he writes out writing jokes he puts a link so each day he can see a full-on link each week and he that's how he holds himself accountable so similar to what you just said there yeah there you go. yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it's said uh, no because i only read that recently so uh that's why it's fresh in my head but i think what you said there i'm going to definitely try that um the microwave the, the the whey powder in the the microwave thing i think that's the lesson i took out of that one you take out what you want out of these things uh but it is important for for people to kind of like the all or nothing approach removing that or tweaking that to whatever suits you that is the biggest thing for when when you were working with a client but it's also being in the place to want to try and change which is the hardest part for most people is they think change is hard when change is actually uncomfortable as hell I think maths are hard, but change is uncomfortable. And that's the way I kind of word it to clients. It's just about trying to change that mentality slowly, slowly, rather than trying to do the whole pull the rug from under you completely. That's not the way it's that's setting you up for a fall, um, which is huge as well. You mentioned about the, the metabolism word uh, in there as well. I know one of the things that a lot of people can kind of talk about or um, almost blame uh, for not making progress is that the metabolism is damaged. Can you kind of tell the actual honest truth and curse away on this one? Uh, uh, like saying that you are not metabolically damaged. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit more and what it means? Yeah. Um, so what can happen is that some people, they, they count calories. They, in order to lose fat, Let's say they go to a calorie calculator, they calculate the calories, they've calculated that say 1,700 calories should be helping them lose fat. Let's, let's call it 1,500 each day. And they should be losing fat. And then they don't. So then they're just downwards. And then they still find that they're not losing fat. Um, the first thing they ask them in this case um, usually is, okay, well, are you tracking your weight each day and then doing an average at the end of a week and then comparing weeks because your weight is going to fluctuate? Um, and usually the answer to that is no. And it's like, right, okay, go away and do that. All right, then another big one is, okay, well, are you actually eating what you think you're eating? Um, because people are terrible at um, gauging whether they're... Um, counting calories basically um the tools that we use are flawed and we uh humans we are flawed um and so i think there's some statistics somewhere that we underestimate calories by 40 percent yeah it's roughly around that figure overestimate like energy expenditure by 50 percent so what i think what happens is people they, they get in a situation where they think they're eating less than they are and then they put that number into, say, a forum or a Facebook group or something and say, I'm eating 1,200 calories and I'm not losing weight. What's wrong? <gasps> metabolic damage. You're metabolically damaged. Um, and it's – the problem is that you are – either not tracking correctly your your weight and progress and you haven't waited for long enough to actually see the changes um, or you're counting incorrectly 
um, your um, your calories. The the number of calories that you're taking in is much higher than you actually think. But no one thinks. People identify that people are, people are okay with acknowledging. Yeah, yeah. People on average are bad, but they never think it's them that's bad at it, right? Um, and bear in mind that also my fitness pal has user user generated inputs in there, so yeah. that can cause issues as well. I think Nutritionics, Nutritionics, is it? Mm. Um, they have like a registered uh, database that's. Um, that doesn't have those flaws, but you can still, you know, use a heaped spoon of peanut butter instead of a flat spoon, right? Just as a kind of a silly example, but one that you know people. Um, peanut butter example. Yo, you can have a spoon of peanut butter, and that's only thirty calories. And like, wow, how much can we get on, right? Yeah, people take it as a challenge, um, and you might be doing that, but not necessarily consciously. So. People are sold this idea that metabolic damage is the reason, and then they're invariably sold a book or a course or uh, some supplements, unfortunately, to fix that, when the reality is that they um, just need to have tighter control of their calories or they've overestimated how many calories they need to consume while losing fat. Um, sorry, they've underestimated the wait what i'm trying to say is they need to eat less than they actually thought they are a small person with low activity levels yeah i'm sorry that sucks but in order for you to have a deficit yeah 1200 calories a day if you are five foot two and weigh like 53 kilos or whatever that is and you have an office job and you're working from home and you're only training, say, three days a week because, you know, uh, workouts don't actually burn that many calories, then, yeah, you probably will get to that point at some point. And is that fair when you are a small person who lives in a world with portion sizes that are larger than what you need on average? No, but that's just how it is. You've yeah. got to kind of, yeah, you just got to, suck that up but um now where this idea of metabolic um, damage comes from is that as we diet our calorie needs do decrease um so that will be um that's called metabolic adaptation not damage um so our, um, our expenditure from just moving around gets lower because we are lighter. That's our energy expenditure. The uh, energy required for um, uh, the metabolism um, of food um, is lower because we're eating less. That's called the thermic effect of food. The, um, the body sensing the calorie deficit does over time, depending on the severity of the deficit or the length or a mix of both, um, wind down certain non-essential functions. So if you speak to any bodybuilder who is, say, in four weeks out from a contest prep, a natural bodybuilder here that's not pumping themselves for the testosterone, um, they they probably haven't been hard in, in a month, right? Their, 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 their libido is, is, is as wound down because their body just does not want to be 4%, 5% body fat. So um, reproductive function has been wound down. So for women, um, uh, people listening, um, they may have had clients or you may have had friends or you yourself may have experienced a loss of um, the menstrual cycle if you've um, dieted too hard or too long. Um, again, that's your body reacting. It's like, oh, well, we don't have enough food here. Um, let's kind of turn off this non-essential function for now. Um, while we, it's kind of the simple way of thinking about it, um, until we have more calories coming in. So that's metabolic adaptation. It's not um metabolic damage it's not um 
starvation mode. It's just what happens gradually over time. Um, but it's not as large as people tend to think. It's usually like a few hundred calories maximum. So it's never something that cannot be busted through by increasing your your calorie deficit by eating less. I'm not saying that that's always the best thing to do, but it is rarely the thing that is stopping you from um, achieving um, your fat loss goals. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliantly described and the differences between uh, metabolically damaged and the way it is is uh, is very well put. And I think it's also important to say that the example that you gave aren't the tailored calories to that person, just in case someone latches onto that and kind of go down that route of the 55 kg woman that's five foot two, just so that that person doesn't latch onto and think this is what Andy has said <laughs> that this is the gospel. oh you. Oh, you mean that everyone will end up yeah. at 1,200 calories? No, 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 no. I, I just mean, like, it, it, it tends to be um, small yeah. females that they find themselves in this struggling position. And, and yeah, it's just, it's it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of how it is. Like, if you're six, two and 200 pounds, you, we get to eat more, but still be in a calorie deficit. That's like, also a curse as well. <laughs> It's not fair. Well, I'm never going to look like jacked, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm too, I'm too lanky. And then also like, I'm, I've just done the genetics for a part of why I'm, I'm into the, I got into this sort of through my own frustration. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm never going to be on stage and look particularly, uh, particularly big. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned there about like supplements, and that seems to be the one thing that a lot of people will go for ahead of everything. Mm. Can you talk about like you me- you mentioned it? You put up a post about like why supplements are the least important part of a plan. Can you kind of talk through that and why that is, and why people keep going in for them rather than trying to actually do the bloody work? Yeah, well, but people go in for them because they're sold this idea that um, if you take a supplement, then you don't have to do the work. But like you know, logically, if that was the case, then you know, everyone would just take that supplement and there would be like one supplement and it would be like a bra- uh, a generic, um, like, um, do we have Tylenol in Ireland? Um, what, what is Tylenol? Is that uh, paracetamol? It's just like yeah, a brand name is it for yeah. it, is it? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we all know what paracetamol is and that's kind of where it would go if there was a supplement that worked but no there's just loads of things that are just marketed around as being like fat light so drink this tea and you've got this fit tea and and you know all of this crap because there isn't really anything that does anything um but we all want to believe in that and then because we all want to believe in that we're willing to spend money to try and find these shortcuts and because we're willing to spend money to try and find these shortcuts the marketing budgets of these supplement companies to pay influencers or you know google ads or whatever is just astro fucking nomical um it just kind of becomes whack-a-mole because as soon as one is just slammed, let's say I debunk something like um, a bulletproof coffee was a thing. So I'd like putting 50 grams of butter in your coffee because <sighs> fat, fat burning or just some nonsense. That was popular like five, six years ago. Um, as soon as you debunk that one thing, then like just something else comes up. And it's always going to keep coming up because we're always going to want to believe in magic pills and potions. But th- this... You've heard of sna- the snake oil salesman? Mm-hmm. Like that goes back, I think, 150 years. It was literally they would sell snake oil as curing all kinds of stuff, right? Um, it's never going to end. But the old phrase, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Just remember that, right? Yeah. Like, all these Hollywood stars that get into amazing shape, right? They are in a very quick time. They are busting their asses in the gym and they're having all their meals fed to them right. And they're probably taking anabolic steroids as well. 
Right. A prime example would be the likes of, say, Christian Bale, who went from The Machinist to Batman, or Tom Hardy that went into The, the Fighter or whatever it may have been. But he, they've openly come out and said that it was the way the camera was positioned that made him look so stocky. Yeah. And he was 75 um, kg. Of course. Of course they're going to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing you've got to remember about, say, uh, Christian Bale's, say, The Machinist to Batman was that his body fat percentage was considerably higher in that one. I think he went from 130 pounds to, like, around two, two, 200, 210, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, he was also in a film before American Psycho yeah. where he had clearly he'd been training his life like like this is just it was a very it was quite yeah, yeah. getting he, yeah. so he had that so he lost it but then regaining muscle that's once lost is much easier so that is definitely more doable I'm not trying to suggest that that was definitely drugs but what I am <laughs> trying to say here is like you you aren't going to achieve dramatic change in short time periods. Um, But when you, if you put in a consistent effort over time, it all adds up to a physique that because you didn't build it overnight or in a week or a few months, like it's not lost overnight or in a week or a few months like if you didn't train for the next two months right as long as you didn't eat like an asshole you wouldn't look that much different you'd lose a bit of muscle but you'd have it back within a month that was the thing like i wasn't able to train for the first four months of lockdown post-surgery so no. i wasn't even able there to walk go. so it was per- like that was it i didn't eat like an asshole i had ice cream every day because it's great but mm. i didn't my output was reduced, my appetite went down. So that was a big thing. And now it's kind of back in the gym for the last six weeks. And it's like, it's it's similar to where it potentially was or close enough anyway. But you can see a massive difference from the glycogen stores and stuff coming back. So yeah, it like I know exactly what you're saying. It, it, and I think I spoke to someone else yesterday and they were like, I'm going to lose all my gains. I'm like, no, you won't. If you've been training for a while, you'll be fine. It doesn't go like overnight. It's not like my hairline. It doesn't go. <laughs> um, too much creatine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously. Um, the, That's a joke, by the way. Just I know. We have to put that caveat out. <laughs> yeah. um, the last one I'm going to ask you, Andy, is in relation to sleep. Because I think this, I put up a post yet the other day, it was like the, the best vitamin you can take is vitamin S, which is sleep. And I think mm-hmm. most people don't really utilize how or realize how important sleep is. They think they know that it's like, there's a reason why our parents tell us to go to bed early when we're a kid. But then when you get to like 15, 16, we're like, no, I'd rather be on TikTok or just slide into people's DMs. But why is sleep deprivation ruining people's progress and in, in generally with their diets and stuff? I don't, I don't know why. Um, other than I know that it wrecks recovery um obviously the the level of deprivation uh the the, the dose makes the poison I'm, I'm messing up the phrase here but you know like, like the the degree to which you are sleep deprived is the degree to which it's going to mess with you like the occasional night where you don't get your say eight hours that you need to wake up feeling rested without an alarm clock that's not an issue but if chronically you're waking up tired and you're having to do so with an alarm and you hate that alarm and you just feel like crap and then you have to caffeine yourself to all hell just to be able to function then that is going to be affecting your um, recovery in the gym or recovery outside of the gym and therefore your training in the gym and your response to that training um so your ability to grow muscle when you're in, say, a surplus or maintain that muscle when you're in a dieting phase or let's say you're fairly new to training, it's hampering your ability to burn fat and gain muscle at the same time. If you're new to training, often people can, well, I mean, people can do both if you're fairly new to training. But if you're not sleeping right, that's going to affect it. Um, uh, when you're dieting, if you if you are sleep deprived then your hunger signaling gets thrown off um sorry 
use simple words you're hungrier um you're less satisfied from your meals um you know that you tend to be more irritable your brain doesn't work as well um your ability to resist food goes down and that comes down to the hunger but also your time spent i'm not sure the mechanism here but i think it's to do with also the time spent that you're awake because that is longer there's more opportunity to to snack yeah. so if you had a choice between taking all the supplements in the world but getting say two hours too little sleep or sleeping enough which may be eight hours i don't want to throw out a number here but whatever you need to wake up feeling rested yeah ideally without an alarm wake up feeling rested right um then so if, if you've got a choice of like having all the supplements in the world but not enough sleep by a couple of hours or sleeping like enough so that you wake up feeling rested and, and having zero supplements, there's no contest. <laughs> like there's no, it's not even close. Like I, I, I don't know how far we could push this, but like what do you reckon? Let's say we throw all nutrient timing concern considerations at the window as well and we say, okay, Let's say there's no supplements and you can only eat one meal a day, but you're going to sleep your full eight hours or however long it is you need to feel rested. I would even go with that. Like sleep's massively important. Um, and let's say you're going through a really tough patch right now. Um, it would be okay to... Um, take say uh, a period where you're you're not training as intensely and yeah. you're not training as much so that could be as simple as um yeah it could be instead of training four days three days that would be totally cool but running your program over those three days so your four day program three weeks of it would now be done over four weeks you could perhaps instead of doing three sets of bench and three sets of rows you did two sets of bench and two sets of rows obviously you're going to do three sets of bench because nobody ever sacrifices it <laughs> you know like you could you could do one set less of your main exercises and perhaps draw so keep your compounds one set less but drop your isolations obviously keep bicep curls um obviously, obviously right um, and that, that's okay. Just identify that there are going to be periods in your life where you, th certain things are going to go off or maybe you're super stressed and you can't sleep as much. Okay, take it back. Hold at maintenance for a bit. Then when things ease up, now push. Now will also keep things fresher for you as well. I think what you said there towards the end of like, it's okay to be at maintenance as well. I don't think it's, you can't always have the foot in the gas, full hog. Like it, it doesn't end very well. There'll be times where we'll be able to push. There'll be times where you're able to take the foot off the gas and it's being able to kind of leave the, and like with your training as well, like leave the ego at the door. It, you have to realize that we are, we're, we're human beings. We are, we need to kind of chill out sometimes as well. And there's different stages, especially if someone's like, I've got like parents who are new, who are, have got kids and it's like sleep just goes out the window because yeah. kids are just kids. But it's important to say, well, what can I focus on? Where you potentially could kind of go out for a walk. That could be your exercise. Bring the kids along with you and get a, a coffee or whatever. Maybe that counts as mm -hmm. some form of exercise. I don't think people realize how important how important that can do. And that also puts them to sleep if they're that young. It also helps you to sleep later on as well if you're kind of getting your walks in. I know there was Once you're asleep, you can bang out some cheeky push-ups. Exactly. Maybe some chin-ups. <laughs> Uh, and uh and some rear foot elevated, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Split squats, not that anyone wants to do. <laughs> no, we'll get uh, exactly yeah. that. Um, but like, there were so many other questions I had for you, Annie. But I'm I'm very very conscious of uh, your time and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's hugely important with the the weekend stuff, the importance of free meals, the non counting methods. So I'm going to put that link in to the the write up as well, so people can click onto that. You're not metabolically damaged. Why supplements are the least important part of your plan and why sleep is really, really key. But Annie, where can people find out about yourself? Where can people find out about the website? And where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, just ripbody.com. Um, it's a website. And I've got everything fairly 
easily laid out there. If you want to breed um, a quick um, my nutrition setup guide, I think it's been downloaded 80, 100,000 times now maybe. I'm on like the third edition of it and then I made loads of edits. That's right on the website, so ripbody.com. Um, it will take you an hour to read. I formatted it so it's good for your mobile and you can read that between your sets um, when you're at the gym over the course of the next week instead of scrolling through Instagram. Um, let's be honest. So that, um, it would be a recommendation if you're interested in kind of taking the pieces of what we've talked about today and kind of putting it all together in a comprehensive overview of like, okay, well, let's set calories and then macros and then micros and then nutrient timing and then what supplements might be worth considering very few um and if you want me on social media then just andy underscore ripbody on instagram that's pretty much the only place that i play amazing now guys if you are a pt or a coach or a nutritionist definitely head over to, to andy and if you're someone who's starting out on a journey try and get the information from a valued source like andy uh, and that's why i got andy on because i is information, the diagrams, it's very, very simple to understand. He breaks down very complicated research into very, very simple form. And that's when you truly understand something when you're able to do that. So Andy, thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you for having me.